overweight and obesity. What are the medical definitions for overweight and obesity conditions? Overweight and obesity are medical conditions referring to ranges of body weight that are greater than what is healthy for a given person's height. Overweight is a condition of excessive weight due to fat, muscle, or body water. Obesity is a condition of a higher level of excessive weight due to fat. Excess body fat, and especially excess fat around the abdomen, leads to many diseases including diabetes and heart disease. Because these diseases can be deadly, obesity is considered a potentially serious and chronic health condition. More than one-third of U.S. adults have obesity. Non-Hispanic black people have the highest rates of obesity, almost half or 50%, followed by Hispanic people, 42%, non-Hispanic white people, 33%, and non-Hispanic Asian people, 10%. Obesity is highest among middle-aged adults, 40 to 59 years old. More than 50% of people with a major mental disorder have obesity. How does the body take in nutrients and use and store energy? The human body balances energy intake and output, which is measured in calories. The body gets energy from food and uses the energy to move around, to grow, and to complete basic body functions. If the energy intake equals the energy output, the body stays at the same weight. If caloric intake is higher than the number of calories used, the body stores the rest as fat and a person gains weight. If caloric intake is lower than the number of calories the person used exercising, the person loses weight. The main chemical components of foods are proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, which are all called major nutrients. All major nutrients provide energy. Carbohydrates found in potatoes, rice, grains, and bread, as well as in fruits and vegetables, provide fiber, vitamins and minerals, and enjoyable sugars. The brain can use energy provided by carbohydrates. Proteins come from meats, eggs, milk products, nuts, and kidney beans. They provide the building blocks for many body tissues. Fats, which are concentrated in oils and butter, also provide important building blocks for cells and carry certain vitamins. After eating, the body converts food into the major nutrients and further breaks those down into smaller components, sugars, amino acids, and small molecules of fat. The body carefully regulates how much sugar is carried through the bloodstream throughout the body. A dip in blood sugar level called blood glucose level is one of the factors associated with the sensation of hunger and food seeking. If the blood sugar goes too low, people often get other sy symptoms such as fatigue, irritability, anxiety, cravings for substances, or brief increases in symptoms of their mental health disorder. Regular meals can prevent low blood sugar. If a body is receiving more energy through food than it is using for maintenance and activity, 
the body processes unneeded calories into tiny particles that make up fat called lipids and stores these lipids in the fat or adipose tissue. Fat tissue is an important part of a healthy body. Fat tissue is composed of cells that are filled with lipids. Lipids are an important source of energy. The fat tissue protects and insulates the body from heat and cold, pads the internal organs, and stores energy. Fat tissue also produces a variety of hormones, including estrogens. Some of the hormones produced by the fat tissue, as well as by the digestive tract and major glands, communicate with the brain to trigger the sensations of hunger and food seeking. Two main types of adipose tissue exist. White adipose tissue stores fat and brown adipose tissue produces heat. People need fat tissue to keep warm and to help the body function normally. Gaining fat tissue from excess unused sugars or other calories, however, results in weight gain, which could progress to overweight or obesity if people don't reduce food intake or increase the energy they expend. Why is obesity a problem? Obesity can cause changes in almost all organs and body systems. Obesity is a key risk factor for diabetes, high cholesterol, and high blood pressure, also known as hypertension. Obesity itself can cause heart and blood vessel cardiovascular disease. When people have both obesity and other problems, including diabetes, high cholesterol, hypertension, smoking, or being sedentary, their likelihood of getting cardiovascular disease is even higher. People who are severely obese may die at a younger age than others because of cardiovascular problems. Obesity is also an important risk factor for certain breathing disorders, including asthma and obstructive sleep apnea. Obstructive sleep apnea is a potentially serious sleep disorder in which breathing repeatedly stops during sleep for as long as a minute. Although the person's breathing restarts, during the amount of time at night that no breathing occurs, the oxygen and carbon dioxide don't get exchanged and the body has low oxygen levels and high carbon dioxide levels. This produces fatigue and sleepiness during the day. Over time, obstructive sleep apnea can lead to hypertension, heart disease, and lung disease. People with obesity are also more likely to have many other problems. People who are obese can experience a lower quality of life because of their physical and medical issues, as well as from stigma and depression. People who are overweight eat more food than is needed for their daily activity level. In other words, the amount of food energy and calories they take in and the amount of energy they use are not balanced. In addition, many people may be more prone toward overweight and obesity conditions. A number of factors may predispose someone to develop obesity, such as genetics, social environment, cultural context, psychological issues, and medical problems. The following factors related to eating patterns, physical activity patterns, or body metabolism may increase the risk of developing obesity. Some people develop emotional eating, which is eating in response to emotional states 
rather than to physical hunger. For example, people may eat to calm themselves, soothe anxiety, or suppress anger. Some eating disorders, such as binge eating and night eating syndrome, can lead to weight gain and obesity. Some medications can increase appetite. Insulin or other medications used to treat diabetes, some antipsychotics and antidepressants, birth control hormones, steroids, and some anticonvulsants or mood stabilizers have been associated with weight gain. With each medication, the amount of benefit it provides must be weighed against the risk of side effects. People can discuss the pros and cons of a medication with their treatment providers to make decisions about whether to continue or stop medicines that contribute to weight gain. Low levels of physical activity contribute to obesity. Physical activity levels can be related to cultural factors, pain and physical conditions that limit mobility, emotional factors, and some medications. Medical conditions with hormonal imbalances can lead to weight gain. Examples of these include low thyroid, a low level of sex hormones, excess cortisol in hypothyroidism, polycystic ovary syndrome, or Cushing syndrome. Less often, genetics may contribute to a person's tendency to be overweight or obese. Studies about this factor are ongoing. As people age, metabolism slows, so people require fewer calories to maintain their weight. People with schizophrenia and depressive, bipolar, schizoaffective disorders are more likely to be overweight or obese than people without mental health disorders. Poor diet, sedentary behavior, poor sleep, stress, genetics, and side effects from some of the medications used to treat severe mental disorders all may contribute to overweight and obesity in this group. Interventions that provide coaching and assistance help people improve fitness and lose weight and seem to be effective in people with severe and chronic mental health disorders. Participation in fitness and diet programs helps with substance use and mental health disorders and improves self-esteem. There is no evidence that such activities interfere with recovery. On the contrary, increased fitness and a healthy diet improves recovery. People with substance use disorders are as likely to be overweight or obese as other U.S. adults. Marijuana increases appetite but it does not appear to be a strong risk factor for obesity. Many people with substance use disorders stop using cocaine or stimulants. When people with substance use disorders stop using cocaine or stimulants, they may gain weight, typically because their food intake increases and their physical activity level decreases. Quitting drinking often helps people lose weight because alcohol contains a significant amount of sugar. Smoking cessation has been associated with weight gain of about 10 pounds over a year. Because quitting smoking improves people's health so much, the benefits of quitting smoking outweigh the possible health risks of this amount of weight gain. If people limit their diets, avoid foods that are high in fat and sugar, and exercise while they quit smoking, they can avoid weight gain. For many years, researchers have debated the existence of a food addiction or eating addiction. 
Compulsive overeating shares characteristics with behaviors that people experience with binge eating disorders and with substance use disorders. It appears that food can activate the same brain reward system that addictive substances do. Foods that are highly processed, high in fat, and high in sugars may be more likely to lead to addictive behaviors, such as losing control over eating such foods. People with compulsive overeating may develop obesity. People with severe obesity may be treated with a bariatric surgery, an operation on the stomach or intestines that helps them lose weight. Occasionally, people have developed new substance use disorders after bariatric surgery. The likelihood of and risk factors for this problem are unknown. Very early research reported that people with such occurrences believe that the new substance use disorder was due to emotional problems, switching from compulsive overeating to other addictive behaviors, having a substance use disorder they already had before surgery, the stronger effects of substances after the surgery, or the availability of pain medications after the surgery. Early studies also showed that a history of having a substance use disorder was not associated with relapse of the substance use disorder after bariatric surgery, and that high-risk alcohol use may improve after weight loss surgery. Further, research is needed to better understand the relationship between substance use disorders and bariatric surgery. For people with co-occurring disorders, exercise not only improves fitness and contributes to reduce body fat, it improves mental health and cognition which is the ability to concentrate and remember. Vigorous exercise improves mood, reduces depression and anxiety, and can be an important part of recovery from addiction. On the other hand, over-exercising can be a problem in people who have certain types of eating disorders. Many people are sensitive about their weight, so clinicians should be gentle, respectful, and matter-of-fact when screening for obesity and discussing weight-related issues. However, because obesity contributes to so many diseases and causes so much anguish, it cannot be ignored. Many different medical organizations agree that clinicians should screen adults for obesity at least annually by weighing people, measuring their height, and also measuring waist circumference in those who are overweight. Co-occurring disorders program should measure height at intake and weigh people weekly. Assessing body mass index is needed to evaluate obesity. The Obesity Society suggests the five A's as a simple approach clinicians can use to work with patients on overweight and obesity. Ask for permission to discuss weight and explore readiness. Assess obesity-related risks and root causes. Advise on health risks and treatment options. Agree on health outcomes and behavioral goals. Assist in accessing appropriate resources and providers. Body mass index, also known as BMI, is calculated from a person's weight and height, height in meters divided by squared weight in kilograms. The BMI approximates the amount of fat people have because beyond a certain weight for a given height, the additional weight is usually due to weight from fat. However, 
people with large muscles, such as athletes and bodybuilders, may also have a higher than average BMI from their extra muscle weight. Online calculators allow people to enter their height in inches and weight in pounds to calculate their BMI. Normal BMI is between 18.5 and 24.9. Obesity is usually defined as a BMI of 30 or more. Measuring waist circumference assesses the amount of fat around the abdomen. Abdominal obesity, which is when excess weight is carried primarily around the abdomen, is associated with developing diabetes, high cholesterol, hypertension, and cardiovascular disease. Non-pregnant women with a waist measurement of more than 35 inches and men with a measurement of more than 40 inches may have more health risks than people with smaller waist measurements. To measure waist circumference, place a tape measure around the abdomen just above the hip bone. Be sure that the tape is snug. Ask the person to exhale and then measure the waist. The Yale Food Addiction Scale was developed to assess the role of compulsive overeating in individuals with obesity. Programs can use this scale when people initiate care and periodically thereafter to assess for compulsive eating problems. People can track what they eat and translate it to calories in preparation for planning to improve their diet or lose weight. The best way to track diet is a 24-hour diet diary, which should include the type and quality of all food and drink that a person takes in during a 24-hour period. Substance use treatment centers can employ dietitians or nutritionists to help with individualized assessments and recommendations. Motivated people can use the food diary for self-assessment. Recent guidelines for obesity treatment recommend losing weight through a reduced caloric diet and increased physical activity. Once people lose weight, they face the challenge of maintaining the weight loss. For weight loss maintenance, people need to monitor their weight, activity, and calorie intake while continuing higher levels of physical activity and lower levels of calorie intake. Even a modest amount of weight loss has a large health benefit. For example, reducing weight by 5 to 10 pounds for two or more years cuts the risk for developing type 2 diabetes in half. Losing weight is also associated with lowered blood pressure and less fat and sugar in the bloodstream, which reduces the risk for having a heart attack and blood vessel disease. Overweight and obese people benefit from a 5 to 10% weight reduction. Reducing weight to normal range has even more health benefits. The safest way to lose weight is to reduce caloric intake by eating healthier foods in modest amounts and by increasing physical activity. Eating two or three meals and two or three small snacks that include protein, such as meat, milk products, soybean products, complex carbohydrates such as whole grain breads, cereal or pasta, and fresh vegetables and fruits each day can help avoid blood sugar variations and help people feel better. People can learn more about healthy eating and exercise and download or print handouts at the U.S. Department of Agriculture's website. Several other websites and apps help people set individualized goals, track calories, and get information about recipes, physical activities, 
and other useful advice. Slow and steady weight loss, not more than a pound a week, is safe and most likely to result in lasting weight reduction. Successful weight loss programs teach people to monitor their food intake, use basic nutrition and healthy eating strategies, track calorie intake, target calorie intake to lose about a pound a week, and manage urges to eat in response to emotions such as sadness or loneliness rather than physical hunger. Additionally, these programs provide social support for changing eating patterns and getting healthy. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, website contains many pages that help people assess their weight, develop a plan for healthy eating, and follow through with a healthy lifestyle. Weight Watchers provides an excellent program with groups nationwide and an online intervention, but it is not free. Many hospitals and health systems offer nutrition and dietary services or classes. Increasing physical activity while eating and drinking fewer calories is the main way people reduce body fat and lose weight. Increasing physical activity is also a key strategy to reduce cardiovascular disease and improve your health. Exercise also improves mental health. It reduces depression, anxiety, and stress. People with obesity who are beginning an exercise program should have a physical exam and discuss their exercise plan with their doctor before beginning. The CDC website lists many types of physical exercise and how many calories each type of exercise uses. Many kinds of physical activity can work, including house cleaning, walking, biking, dancing, weightlifting, or basketball. Anyone including people with severe mental disorders or in any stage of addiction recovery, can change their lifestyle to reduce weight and improve their fitness. The recommended amount of physical activity for weight loss is aerobic activity, such as brisk walking, for 150 minutes or more per week, which is 30 minutes or more a day, most days of the week. Higher levels of physical activity, approximately 200 to 300 minutes per week, are recommended to maintain lost weight in the long term. Several medications used with diet and exercise can increase people's ability to lose weight, sometimes by an additional 5 to 10% of their body weight. Because of their various side effects and interactions with other medications, they may not be good choices for everyone. Some of these medications have been shown to specifically help with the complications of obesity. Some may be useful in combination with mental health medications that may cause weight gain to minimize this side effect in cases where the mental health medications are otherwise very effective and necessary. Many other medications previously available for weight loss in obesity are no longer available because they cause serious adverse reactions. Thyroid hormones, diuretics, and amphetamines were all used in the past, but evidence of cardiovascular harm limited their use for this indication. Many other medications were removed from use to dangerous adverse effects. To treat severe obesity, there are several surgical procedures known as bariatric surgery. Overall, surgical interventions for obesity is associated not only with very significant weight loss, but also with decreases in obesity complications and death. Indications for surgery include a BMI higher than 40 among people who are otherwise healthy 
or a BMI higher than 35 among people who already have one obesity complication such as diabetes. These surgeries are intended to either restrict the amount of food the stomach can receive or decrease the absorption of food in the small intestine. Interventions that reduce food absorption also reduce important vitamin and micronutrient absorption. So people who have these procedures must take supplements and be carefully monitored by doctors. The most common surgical procedure is called Roux-en-Y gastric bypass, or RYGB. In this procedure, the stomach is reduced in size and connected to an area of the small intestine further away, bypassing a certain length of small intestine. RYGB produces both size restriction and decreased absorption. After surgery, a number of hormonal changes occurring in the area of the stomach and intestine lead to decreased appetite and hunger. Within two years after surgery, many people lose about 70% of their excess weight. Other procedures include laparoscopic adjustable gastric banding, LAGB, and gastric sleeve or bileopancreatic diversion with a duodenal switch. More information about these procedures can be found online, such as at the Society of American Gastrointestinal and Endoscopic Surgeon website. Bariatric surgery outcomes vary, but most are associated with significant weight loss and improvements in most of the illnesses associated with obesity, such as diabetes and hypertension. All surgeries are associated with substantial health risks as well. Clinicians can encourage people to use a healthy diet and increase activity for a slow, steady weight loss. Rapid weight loss carries certain risks, such as gallstone disease. Improvements in fertility with weight loss may result in unplanned pregnancy. People who lose weight may need to have their medications adjusted. Medications for high blood pressure, diabetes, and other diseases that improve as weight normalizes may need to be reduced or discontinued. Finally, weight loss for older individuals should be carefully monitored. Weight loss is not advisable for those older than 80. Doctors recommend that people who are overweight or have obesity conditions use self-management as a main approach to addressing the problem, even if they also plan to use medication or surgery to help with weight loss. Professional help with developing and implementing a self-management plan is useful to most people. People can start by writing down everything they eat in a day for several days or a week. With the help of a nutritionist or the many calorie calculators available online and on apps, a person can get an idea of what the baseline caloric intake is, what different meals carry in terms of caloric value, and what to eliminate. Losing enough body fat to get a BMI that is in the normal range may seem impossible. Clinicians, however, can help by encouraging people to set stepwise goals with intermediate achievable targets. The key thing for clinicians and patients to remember is that any weight loss, even modest, can improve a person's health. Besides, a healthy diet and regular exercise have benefits beyond fitness and weight. Improvements in energy, physical mobility, mood, and self-confidence. 
No matter what the ultimate weight loss goal is, losing 5 to 10% of total body weight is likely to produce improvements in blood pressure, blood cholesterol, and blood sugars. Increasing physical activity is a key self-management strategy for people who are overweight or obese. Clinicians can discuss the multiple options available and help patients find strategies that work for them. Linking physical activity to a person's meaningful goals in life, such as being able to play with one's child, maintaining a healthy, intimate relationship, getting off diabetes medication. Healthy weight loss isn't just about a diet or program. It's about an ongoing lifestyle that includes daily healthy eating, regular physical activity, and balancing the number of calories consumed with the number of calories the body uses. To lose weight, people must use up more calories than they take in. The recommendations for caloric intake depend on the person's goals, age, body fat, muscle size, and level of physical activity. Online calculators can help people estimate such numbers. For example, what caloric intake is recommended if people want to maintain their weight, lose weight, or gain weight. One pound of weight equals approximately 3,500 calories. Many diets promise rapid weight loss, but lasting changes in overweight and obesity come from diet and physical activity that are both feasible and pleasant. Ideally, people will develop dietary plans that are healthy, with foods they enjoy and that they will want to continue over the long term. Mindfulness is deliberately paying attention without judgment in the present moment. Mindful eating means paying attention to thoughts, emotions, and physical sensations before, during, and after eating, and accepting that each person has his or her own unique experiences with food and eating. People can acknowledge positive, neutral, and negative responses to food without judgment. As people become mindful about eating, they can become more aware of physical sensations such as feeling physically hungry and physically full and use these sensations to guide when to start and end eating. With practice, people can increase their awareness of their triggers and reactions to eating. Increasing mindful eating can help people who uncontrollably binge eat large amounts of food, experience emotional eating in response to their feelings, or are prone to eating in response to food cues. Gradual weight loss is healthier than rapid weight loss, and in the long term, it's also more successful. People who lose weight gradually and steadily, about one to two pounds per week, are more successful at keeping the weight off. Additionally, people need to continue a healthy diet and physical activity for a lifetime in order to maintain a healthy weight.